Welcome to Elevate, the podcast where we dissect exceptional achievers who are consistently raising the bar personally and professionally to produce extraordinary results in investment real estate and ultimately in their lives. Now here's your host, Tyler Chesser. Elevate Nation, are you ready to take it to another level? I know I am. This is Tyler Chester. I'm so thankful to have you here. And I'm here with Dylan McGow. Dylan, how are you, sir? I'm doing well, Tyler. I really, really appreciate you having me on the show today. Super excited to be here, my friend. Well, it's absolutely our pleasure. And we're definitely looking forward to having an elevating conversation. And I want to welcome Elevate Nation back because this is the show where our mission is to identify and apply how the best of the best raise the bar personally and professionally to achieve greatness in real estate and beyond. And I want to remind everybody that this is a masterclass, you know, so there's times where you need to pause, you need to rewind, you need to take notes. Um, And this is for leaders and those who are looking to achieve uncommon results and purposeful outcomes through real estate investing and ultimately in their lives. And if you appreciate what we're doing, we would appreciate if you subscribe to our show, if you gave us a rating and a review, because it helps us reach more people. Our goal is to reach millions of people with this message Because, you know, there's too many people who are just tolerating their life. You know, we want to live an uncommon life because we're willing to face our fears. We're willing to elevate our mindset. We're willing to apply the information, uh, immediately take massive action. But not only that, you know, we're willing to build a network. We're willing to build long-term relationships. And so, you know, as we dive in here, I want to tell you a little bit about Dylan. Uh, In 2018, Dylan changed the course of his career from working in the political realm as a lobbyist in the healthcare industry to focusing on full-time real estate as both a multifamily investment broker and an investor with the start of his real estate investment company, East River Equity Group. And I know that this is a a very brief bio um, and there's so much more to this, uh, to this person. And so, so Dylan, tell me a little bit about, you know, who are you behind the bio? Yeah, absolutely. Appreciate it, Tyler. And so, you know, I I got my professional start back in 2013 after graduating from Michigan State University. And and I immediately started working in the political realm where I ended up staying for about five years. I worked both on the, the public side as well as the private side. I worked for one of the big three autos in the government relations, aka lobbying realm. Uh, I worked on the, the public side as a legislative director for a state representative, then, then came about, back out in my last political job uh, as a lobbyist working for a large healthcare organization, uh, focusing on representing the political interests of, uh, of hospitals in the state of Michigan. And actually, before I left in 2018, uh, like I said, I, I was working for this large-scale, uh, this large-scale association doing political work. Um, and then throughout my time working in the political realm, I actually had my, my real estate license as well. And uh, I, was, I was helping re- buyers on both the residential side, um, well, buyers and sellers on the residential side. And I was noticing, and it was nice to be able to do that alongside working in politics, but I was noticing that the guys that were creating, the guys and gals that were creating that true long-term generational wealth they were the, the folks that actually own this real estate, the, the investment folks. And so what I did was I, I, I absolutely dove in and, and tried to learn as much as possible about creating generational wealth through multifamily real estate. And, and that came through, you know, I, I dove into single family homes, invested in single family homes, some small scale multifamily duplexes, things of that nature. Ended up, uh, we, we've got a triple, a small little triple net, triple net lease retail 
uh, investment as well. But then I just real, realized the scalability and the long-term predictability of, of multifamily. So 100% focused on that over the past couple of years. So that's when I decided to leave the political realm in 2018 to focus, like I said, 100% on commercial real estate. Started my, my company, East River Equity Group, uh, as well as working as a commercial real estate broker, focusing on investment sales. So that's just a little bit of background on, on who I am and where I've been. I always think it's so fascinating uh, because most people in real estate didn't always start there. I mean, it, it's, it's like, it's very rare that you find somebody who just launched right into real estate immediately, you know, in their career. And so it's always, I, I find it interesting how people and what the backgrounds are, and it's such a diverse background, um, you know, coming from a political lobbying sort of organization into investment real estate and sort of mm -hmm. just intuitively identifying that that was a way to create generational wealth and to create, you know, some, some practicality in your life and to be able to leverage and to be able to exponentially grow your own results. And so, um, you know, with that, you know, I'm curious to know, because it's a challenge to go there. It's a challenge to, you know, obviously, you know, start your career in one realm and then transition and to pivot into something else. So I'm curious to know someone like yourself, who's been able to successfully do that, you know, was there an, was there a time or was there, you know, an event or a couple of events in your life that caused you to draw a line in the sand and say, look, I'm not going to live a common life. I'm, I'm, I'm seeking greatness. Is there something that happened or was it a process that got you there? I would say it was definitely a mixture of both. So I, I will say there's, there's definitely a defining moment there, but I've always been obsessed with personal growth and, and seeing the results of a consistent day-to-day -day effort of bettering myself. But there is a time specifically in my life where I, I decided to kind of take things to a whole new level. And, and about two years ago, my dad actually passed away pretty, un, pretty unexpectedly and at a pretty young age. And I'm sure you've heard it a million and one times, but it, it, you know, I, I can't say it, it. I can't say it enough is that uh, life is absolutely short. And at that point, I made the commitment to make sure I was sort of leaving it all on the field each and every day. Uh, and that's where I, I realized I was really starting to truly create velocity in both my personal life and in my business growth as well. Yeah. And I'm sorry to hear about your dad. Um, that's um, certainly not something that you want to hear. And, but it does, you know, sometimes I guess the, the shortness of life, I guess, and, and, and everything that we do, whether it's for us or for those that we love, we have to realize that, you know, life is not forever. And, you know, if we put off till, till tomorrow, you know, what we said we were going to do today, you know, tomorrow may never come. And, um, you know, it's a great reminder for us to, to really, you know, face our fears. I mean, that's, uh, you know, we, our mind tells us that there's so many things that we can't do or we shouldn't do because, you know, bad things might happen. But if you're not courageous enough to, to go past that fear, you're never going to experience, you know, what life really has to offer. And so I appreciate you sharing that and being upfront, um, you know, with that. Um, so I'm curious, you know, with that, you know, what, what are you doing um, on a consistent basis, really? You know, you talked a lot about personal growth. You've become mm -hmm. obsessed with personal growth. How are you implementing that into your life? And, and what are you doing to really grow yourself and to become more on a consistent basis? Yeah. So one of the, one of the big things that I, I focus on each and every day is, is making sure that every action I take is either leading me forward or leading or, or a combination of leading me forward as well as everybody else around me. And, and so one of the things that I want to make sure that I'm doing on a day-to-day -day basis is saying no to certain things 
uh, saying no to certain things and people that don't align with my core values. So like I said, and, and it's a pretty simple answer. I just want to make sure that each and every day I'm only focusing on things that are pushing me forward as well as pushing the people around me forward. So tell us a little bit about your core values and, and how, you know, how those are constructed, how you were able to get to that point. And, um, you know, just be curious to know a little bit of an insider look into Dylan's core values. Absolutely. So I, you know, I like you, um, I've got a, a gigantic goal of, and I haven't set a very specific number for myself yet, but I, I absolutely want to create a legacy for myself. And, uh, you know, so I, I've focused this completely, my, my actual core values and goals around making sure that I become better on a day-to-day -day basis. Uh, and I have focused that around making sure that I can have the absolute largest impact around everybody around me. And, and I think that comes specifically from a seek to serve, a seek to serve mindset. So I've noticed throughout my lifetime, when I have that seek to serve mindset, making sure that I'm focusing on other people and not myself, that it's a complete win-win situation in the fact that I can help others. Uh, and then it all comes full circle and that I've, I've been able to help myself and, and grow throughout that as well. Uh, so my, my biggest core value is, is just that, you know, that kind of seek to serve mindset uh, that I've sort of instilled in myself. And I, I don't believe that I've always had it, but I've realized that that's what's truly created the most velocity in my personal life as well as my business life. So seek to serve value or seek to serve attitude is, is the best thing uh, that I can say that's, that's really, you know, kind of given me that growth that I've had over the past couple of years. Yeah. I think if we, we get out of our own way sometimes when we realize that, you know, the more people that we can help, you know, the better results that we will have, you know, I think you get, so some people will get so tied into, well, how much money am I looking to make and how many, you know, deals am I looking to, you know, acquire or, you know, how many X, Y, and Z, but really you've got to focus on, well, how many people can I help? and give without any expectation of return because, you know, people can tell when you're looking for, you know, you're just looking for a transaction out of them rather than a long-term relationship. So I think that's a key takeaway for sure. Um, so tell me about, you know, you talked about saying no um, earlier and you've, you've really kind of honed that in to be really one of your core principles to say no to things that, that don't fit your core values. You know, how do you identify that and what's a specific tactic that you use to say no to things that, um, you know, that may not align with the core values that you've set for yourself? Yeah, um, I, I think it simply comes down to taking a look at, you know, where, where I think is, you know, wh what do I think in, are, are the benefits and, and downsides of, of each specific action that I'm, I'm looking to, uh, to pursue with, you know, with potentially a business partner, whether or not it's in my, in my personal life. So I have uh, a short little thing, or a short little list of questions that I have to ask. And, and what it comes down to is if I can go through that questions and, and, and I believe, like I said, that it ultimately is helping to push me forward, helping to push that person forward. And I, I think it ultimately uh, leads to a, a better benefit for the, for the both of us and for the world as a whole, then I will move forward with it. If not, it's something that I, I can just easily cross off the list uh, and realize it's just, unfortunately, there's, there's not enough hours in the day uh, to, to be able to do the, everything that you want to be able to do. But so I, it comes down to having very specific, like I said, core values 
going through that basically it's just a simple checklist and if it doesn't align uh, with what I'm looking to do moving forward it's it's something that I've had to learn to say no to because at one point I was a yes man and I thought everything that I could possibly do to help other people um, ultimately you can't sacrifice yourself along with you know with with putting yourself out there to help other people in the in the fact that you know I, I want to make sure that I'm only taking the actions that are benefit giving a net benefit uh, to the to the most people possible and sometimes that entails saying no to certain things and certain people that otherwise you would you would like to be able to say yes to so hypothetically if I came to you and I and I asked you to be a part of something that didn't align with your core values what would be an example of the way that you would respond and say, you know what, this just doesn't really fit for me. Um, how do you, how do you do that respectfully that Elevate Nation can take, you know, cause I think a lot of the reason why I'm asking this is because a lot of people have anxiety with saying no, they, they're yes people because you know, they, you know, they truly want to help other people in general. And if they feel like they say yes, then they can help other people and you know, they're selfless in that way. But to a certain degree, if you say yes to everything, you can't really serve anybody. And so I'm curious to know, like, what would a specific response be from Dylan McGow? Yeah, I guess it all comes down to what specifically you're, you're asking me to do. Sure. But one of the things that I've gotten pretty good at is, is sometimes you just have to be brutally honest. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I, you know, some people, I guess, I guess in today's day and age, that there's a lot of sensitivity around that type of thing. Um, but really and truthfully, I've gotten much better uh, at making sure that I'm sometimes if it like, like I said, it doesn't fit my core, my core values. I'm, I'm just happy to be a little, sometimes brutally honest and, and letting that other person know. And what I've actually found through that is oftentimes the, you know, my decision to say no is respected on the other side as well. As long as I'm very upfront and honest about the exact reasons why I'm saying no, as opposed to trying to wordsmith things and you know, potentially, potentially give some sort of excuse other than what I'm actually saying no for. Uh, if you can be upfront, honest, and, and give a specific reason as to why you're saying no, that makes sense. Uh, you will find that for the most part, you'll, you'll receive respect on the other side as well. And it's, it's understood. Absolutely. And it's all about showing respect. I want to make a little bit of a transition here. And I want to talk a little bit more about you and, and how you operate on a, on a consistent basis. So I'm curious to know, what is a habit that really is integral for you and setting you up for success on a daily basis? 110%. I, I, I guess you could probably call it a habit. Um, I, I believe in my life specifically where I have found the, the most, that the most success has been created uh, is surrounding myself with people that are doing more than me at a higher level. 110%, there's no doubt about it. I take to heart the saying, always make sure you're, you're surrounding yourself. Well, if you're, if you're ever the smartest person in the room, uh, you're probably in the wrong room. So you know, it's probably not that difficult, but I always make sure that I feel like I'm the dumbest person in the room and I have the actual most to gain from that room. So um, that's where I've really, really created velocity in both my personal and business life. Surrounding myself with guys like you, I actually moved down to Tennessee to be surrounded by a certain group of folks. And uh, over the past year and a half since I've been here, I, I think in, in my own life, based on the criteria I've set for myself, 
that that has really helped me to explode and, and move forward in a positive way. So surrounding yourself with just high level people at all times, people that you look up to. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it's like what they say about, you know, you are the, the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And right. we have an opportunity of spending time with other high level people, whether they're in our direct circle or whether you're listening to a podcast. I mean, like everyone's elevating their own, you know, ability, their own potential through listening to this conversation because they're surrounding themselves with someone like you, but there's, there's no excuse, you know, and if you identify that, you know, you've got some people who are not elevating you, they're not taking you to the next level, you know, you've got to be brutally honest, kind of like what you said earlier. It's like, you know, we only have one life to live and it's not a long life and you've got to be able to, you know, you have to identify where do you want to go? And your subconscious mind is going to be influenced by the people around you, by the books that you read, by the material that you study, by the actions that you take. And so that's a really great example. But also beyond that, I'm curious to know, you know, you're, you're surrounding yourself with people who you want to become. You're surrounding yourself with high level people, people who are going to help you raise your own bar. But who are some of your role models that you really kind of, you know, you model your own activity after? Yeah, uh, just a couple. And th these are by no means um, all the, the same personality type, that's for sure. But guys like Naveen Jain, the, the billionaire that started the company, Viome. Uh, and I also like, you know, everybody's, everybody's favorite uncle, Grant Cardone. And the reason that I like both of those guys is just due to the fact that they have these gigantic goals and they're not afraid to say it. Goals that other people may may think that they're crazy for for believing in, and you know these are these are guys that want to affect billions of people, and they're not afraid to say it. And so I've taken that to heart, uh, and it's helped me to actually set goals for myself, just goals that I'm absolutely unrelenting moving towards uh, that that scare me. And that hopefully other people think are crazy too, because I know if, if other people think they're, they're a little bit crazy, then I'm probably on the right track. So just surrounding myself with guys that are just setting unbelievably large goals. Yeah, um, I was first exposed to Naveen Jain. I went to 10X a couple of years ago and he was mm -hmm. talking about his moonshot. I mean, are you kidding me? This guy says, I want a revolution. He says, I want to make, what do you say, disease optional? And yes. he wants to revolutionize healthcare. I mean, if you thought you were thinking big, you're like, well, yeah, I want to acquire a few thousand units or I want to build, you know, I mean, that is another stratosphere. I mean, he makes even Grant Cardone look like he's not thinking big. I mean, that's exactly. insane. And he's like trying to, uh, he's the first company that's mining the moon or something mm -hmm. like that. It's out of control. So what, you know, if you thought you were thinking big, you need to multiply that times about a thousand if you want to even get on his level. So that's huge. I mean, it's, it's so important to be able to identify, well, who is it that's going to help you elevate your own thinking? Because the only limitations we have are our mind. You know, if you don't believe something's possible with, well, then it's not, but if you can stretch your mind to a point where you know that, you know, really the references that we have are what we really act towards. And so I just, I, I'm always curious to know who's, who role, who's role model, you know, who are your role models? Because that's really, that kind of shows you where your future is going to go. But I appreciate you sharing that. Um, you know, what, what, so, sorry, I just, I just no, want to say fine. it's, it's so true that, that, like you said, the only limit that we have is, is the limits and like the prison bars that we've created in our own mind. Yeah. 
110% true. And I think that has been the biggest benefit and focus for me over the past few years is while I've had uh, experience on the business side, you know, I was not surrounding myself with folks that thought at that, at those gigantic levels. Uh, and I think that that was probably the one thing that was holding me back is looking in my own mind and, and coming up with excuses as to why I could never get to that level. Uh, but what, immediately when you surround yourself with folks that are just like you in just about every other way and have been able to create these monst monstrous businesses, both personally and, and uh, in, in the business realm as well, it really just gives you that confidence that you can go out and, and, and set those same massive goals for yourself. And it just comes from unrelenting hard work and surrounding yourself with the right people. Well, we're going to come back to goals here shortly, but I read a book recently called Psycho Cybernetics, which is mm -hmm. an outstanding book. If any, if any of Elevate Nation hasn't read that, you need to go pick it up. But what he talks about is that human beings are goals goal-seeking mechanisms. So you either have a goal that you're working towards. It's like, if you have the desire and you put it in front of you on a daily basis and you're willing to be persistent and you're willing to be, you know, committed to that outcome, you know, it's just a matter of time before it becomes reality. And so, but the key is to set that in front of you, to set that desire, set that white hot burning desire, like Napoleon Hill talks about in thinking grow rich. And if you can create that, you know, that's when it actually becomes a reality. But if you don't have those intentions, if you don't have those goals, other goals get planted into your mind. It's the most fertile ground on the planet as Earl Nightingale says. And so you've got to be ready to realize that you've got weeds that are growing. So you've got to plant your own seeds, your own empowering, you know, outcomes that you're seeking. Uh, to be able to create that. So I, it's huge. It's, it's, it's amazing. So I would definitely want to come back to goals here, here Love shortly. Um, so what else, I mean, what, what's the most worthwhile investment that you've made, you know, over the past couple of years that you've been making this sort of transformation as your, um, in yourself? Yeah. So, and, and just to piggyback off what you said, you had a very specific word there at the end, yourself. Investing in yourself 110% is better than any brick and mortar uh, or any other different type of financial investment that I've ever made. Uh, and, and, and it comes down to making sure that, first of all, you're do, do, doing your due diligence on who you work with, making sure that they are who they say they are, that they have the results that they've said they are. But one of the big investments that I've made is leveraging a mentor in, in the multifamily side of things. And, and I actually worked with, uh, with Jake and Gino. They've been a, a, huge, a huge asset in my life. And of course, these guys have been able to build up an incredible business on the multifamily side, and they've got such a, a solid emotional intelligence to be able to teach that as well. So instead of, um, and, and I did try to go at this on my own for a couple of years, and while I had a little bit of success, my true velocity didn't come until I, until I truthfully leveraged somebody else that was doing more and at a much higher level than I was that to allow me to sidestep all of the pitfalls that that come with investing in multifamily going at it on your own. Uh, so I think investing in yourself, just like you said, is absolutely by and far uh, the, the best investment that you can make. It is absolutely the best investment you can make. And I have a lot of people that talk to me about, you know, they're, they're up and coming and they're, they're building their business, they're building their understanding. And they say, well, you know what, I've built, I've built up a hundred grand or whatever, just some random number. And they say, well, what, what should I invest in first? And my, my first thought is invest in yourself first, because that's going to pay 
the longest dividends, the best dividends of anything. And it's something that you'll have forever. You've got to feed your mind and investing in coaching and mentoring is so important. And of course, Jake and Gino are certainly friends of Elevate Nation. And uh, so I definitely respect that. And so now I want to come back to goals. I mean, we just said we were going to come to this. Um, so um, you, you're talking about gigantic goals and some of the inspiration that you've been able to attain through your own role models. I'm curious to know what's a goal that you're most proud of accomplishing over the past 12 months? Yeah. Uh, so we actually just about a month ago, a, a couple of partners and I, we just closed on a 62 unit owner finance deal out in West Virginia that we've actually been working on for about nine months. And, and the reasoning that I'm so proud of it is, is because of the, the persistence that came along with this deal. And there was probably three or four times where we just thought that this deal was going to fall apart and we really had to kind of rack our brains, get together and, and be creative and find a way to get it over the line. Uh, and, and so that's probably one that I'll, I'll be patting myself on the back with a couple of times here uh, for a while. But yeah, over the, over the past 12 months, I'd say that's the, that's the one I'm most proud of just due to the persistence that, that came and the creativity that had to come along with this, getting this one over the line. So tell us a little bit more about that. Like, what did you have to, because that's, that's one of the big things I know for getting deals done. I mean, sometimes deals take years and years and it's like, you've got to just, you know, come back to the table. You know, if something doesn't work, there's another solution. So tell us about maybe one or two, you know, examples of how you had to be persistent in that and what, it, what type of creativity did it require? Yeah, so this was uh, it, an interesting little market, Morgantown, West Virginia. Um, it, so it's it, it's it's been a great market. It's much a lot of the markets focused on jobs within the hospitals out there, and then of course West Virginia University is there as well. And they've got a large pharmaceutical company out there. But there's certain metrics uh, that I've set when it comes to population growth, income growth, job growth that this it comes very close to hitting, uh, but does not necessarily it does not necessarily hit. But it's still a very strong market. Uh, and so we wanted to make sure, you know, I love, I love owner financing, of course. And uh, on this deal, just originally the seller wasn't, wasn't super interested in owner financing. So we had to get creative in the fact that we had to make it a win-win situation, uh, making sure that, that the seller was happy as well as, uh, as well as the fact that we are happy with it as well. So we went back with a couple of different types of owner financing proposals, ended up, uh, ended up, getting some acceptance from the seller on seller financing. And then we went to the bank and I will tell you, this is, this is where it got difficult. So we, we had owner financing, but it wasn't nearly what the typical down payment is going to be. It was, uh, it was going to end up being a very highly leveraged deal if we were to only use the, the owner financing that we were that we were offered at that point, but we had a great relationship with the uh, with the bank uh, through the actual seller, and so with working through the bank, it's an absolutely incredibly performing asset. They were very confident in the asset, so what they ended up allowing for us to do is use the owner financing that we had available, which ended up being about a five percent down payment. Uh, and they were so confident in it's a little community bank. They felt confident in us. They felt confident in the asset. So they allowed us to uh, just, just have a 5% down payment. And that took a, a very long time, a couple of months to be able to, to work that out with, uh, with the, the community bank and the seller. So that was probably the, the biggest struggle, struggle, but we're, we're pretty happy with it now. 
Yeah. One of the things that I've learned in challenging sort of deals like that, Mm -hmm. you know, it is, it's like an educational process. You know, you've got to educate not only the seller of what his benefits are in the circumstance of, of a seller financing type of an endeavor, but also if you've got another lender involved, I found that it always makes a lot of sense. Like, don't just send over the package in an email and expect them to get it. I mean, you've got to educate. You've got to show the story. You've got to show, here's why we're thinking this way. And we want to get you on the same page because your, you know, your, your debt, you know, partner is, is not just a vendor. It's also a partner. It's similar to your equity in certain ways, of course. And so it's an educational process. You've got to show people that you're, you know, you're, you're willing to, to you know, put together a business plan and execute on that business plan. So I think that's that's a really great takeaway uh, from your experience there. So I appreciate you sharing that. Of course. Um, so tell me. So we're talking goals. We're talking gigantic goals. What are you most inspired and uncomfortably working towards now? Yeah. So in, in, in so what it comes down to for me uh, is being able to impact the the absolute most amount of people that I possibly can in a positive way. And I would love, absolutely love to be able to tell my story in front of a thousand people live because I have just, and the thing is what it comes down to is I'm so passionate about what multifamily has done in my life and, and you know, the, the long-term benefits that's been able to create for me. I want to be able to go up in front of a thousand people live and, and be able to change their lives as well for the better. Uh, I've been able to do that in, a fr- uh, in, in front of a couple hundred people, but I'd, I'd like to just continually scale that to the point where I'm affecting hundreds, if not thousands of people at a time uh, and moving them in the right direction. That's awesome, man. And I will tell you that right now you may be accomplishing that because I think you're speaking to thousands of people right now through Elevate Nation. Absolutely. And so, um, also I, I want to honor that because I had, I had the privilege of speaking at the North star real estate conference last weekend in Minneapolis. And it's such a, it's such an opportunity to be able to contribute to people. And, um, I, I really felt, you know, so blessed for that because people, you know, sort of came up to me afterwards and really just thanked me and, you know, really talked to me about how, you know, my words really impacted them and really kind of moved them. It's like the two millimeter shift. You know, sometimes all you need is just a few words and maybe a story of your own background to be able to help people identify and have another reference towards what they can accomplish in their own life. So that's a great goal. And if there's anything we can do to help you further accomplish that perhaps beyond elevate, you know, please let us know, but I know you'll do great at that. I appreciate it. And it's such a win-win situation knowing that you've been able to truly impact somebody else's life and, and on top of it, the amazing feeling that you get. So that's, that's one of those goals that I've set for myself that I, I want to stay in an uncomfortable position. And when, I'm, when I achieve that, I'll, next month it'll be, and I know I've, I'm going to have the opportunity to, to you know, have a ton of listeners on, on this podcast, but I want to do this live. I'll have the opportunity for about 600, 650 next month. And then hopefully within the next 24, 24 months or 12 months, 24 months after that, we'll, we'll be able to speak in front of a thousand people. So I have no doubt about it, my friend. So what's the, you know, you, you've got such a passion, you've got such an intention for, for big results, for, for big things in your life, for gi- gigantic goals, as we talked about, what's the driving force behind what you do, Dylan? hundred percent, just leaving the world a little bit better than I found it. And I've always, I I keep my legacy in mind at all times. Uh, And one of the big things is when I have children of my own in the future, I want them from day one to be proud of what I'm doing uh, and the legacy that I leave behind. So if I can leave a little bit of a a good dent in this earth, uh, when I leave, I will be more than happy. And I, I, 
literally come to every each and every day with that focus in mind. Well, it sounds like what you're talking about for the future is leaving a legacy for your children. But if you had to identify who you work hard for today, or maybe even that is in the future, who who would that be and why? Yeah, uh, I mean, my my family, and of course, my my future children, and then if, and I like I said, when it comes to leaving a dent. I want to be able to impact as many lives as possible. Uh, if I can leave this world knowing that even one person uh, benefited from something that they learned from me, I would be more than happy. And of course, that's not the goal that I've set for myself, but it, it's something that I consistently strive and think about each and every day. And I think that's the, the reason uh, when, I, when I focus on that, that reason specifically, that's where I notice the the most elevation, so to speak, in uh, in my journey. And that's where I've been able to create the most success. And that plays directly into the seeking to serve mentality, always focusing on the benefit that you can bring to others. And that comes around in a roundabout way to help you as well. Yeah. And I, I've, I've learned that some of the best ways to learn are through repeating other successes or repeating successes that I've experienced myself. But I've also learned that, you know, when I fail, sometimes I have more learning than, than, than I would when I succeed. And so I'm curious to know, you know, what's been a, what's been a big failure that at the time felt like devastating, but then turned into something that really has served you beyond your wildest dreams. Man, that one's tough. Uh, just due to the fact that I, I wish I could pinpoint it to one specific failure or mistake. I've had an absolute ton of those. And I've gotten better over the past few years of, of being able to try to piece together the, the positives of each mistake and trying not to make that same mistake again. But uh, I, I would probably say back in Back when I was in my, my senior year of high school, I, so I will, I, just a little bit of background, I was absolutely obsessed with hockey. I played uh, from the time I was four, four or five years old up until I was about 18. And I just remember it was all that I wanted to do. And I went out uh, for, for a team over in Canada that I had been in, in conversations with for, for a couple of months. And all I wanted to do was play professional hockey. And I got to this point where I was just so obsessed with the next step and not making any mistakes that each and every time I went onto the ice, anybody that was, that was looking at me, scout, scouting-wise, of course, uh, if I made the smallest little mistake, it absolutely ruined the rest of my game. And what that, that got me to the point of was I, would, I was always dwelling on the last mistake. And so I wasn't focusing on what I, what I needed to do to be successful on the next move. So I'd make another mistake. And that led to the point where I, I ended up letting, getting let go because of that uh, and decided to, to end my career and not move forward with hockey at that point. So one of the big things that I have learned is making sure to find a, a specific nugget in each and every failure. And I didn't know this when I was 18. It took me years and years and years to find the good in that specific failure. Uh, but what it came down to was, was finding a golden nugget in each failure. And then just, if it doesn't affect you for more than five minutes, I mean, you, you can't think about it any, any more than five seconds that I, I, I try to, you know, boil that down a little bit more. But um, so that's, that's probably the biggest failure that led me in the right direction. But I think in a roundabout way is what I'm trying to say is always make sure in every mistake that you make, try to find a little bit of a golden nugget. And it re if it really doesn't have a long-term effect on you, do your absolute best to just leave it in the past and forget about it and just move on, uh, move on to the next step. That's all we can do in this life. 
Yeah. And you either win or you learn. And I think that's the growth. That's the growth mindset that Elevate Nation definitely embodies because, you know, it's like if you just dwell on your failures and you just live in that state, you know, you're never really going to elevate past that. And um, I think it's also important to realize, like, I could really relate to that about the whole, you know, I was thinking about, you know, not making mistakes and making sure that I played perfectly. And sports are such a great analogy for life and business and time at times. Because I recall, you know, back in the day playing basketball, being so conscious of I've got to play perfect this evening. I've got, you know, I've got to do everything exactly the right way because, you know, these people are going to be here watching me. And, and you can't get into a flow state if you're just thinking about, you know, playing perfect because, look, <laughs> you're going to make mistakes. And the other thing, too, is like where focus goes, energy flows. So if you if you're thinking about not making a mistake, what you're saying, what you're actually doing is you're embedding a command, not make a mistake right so then you start thinking about making a mistake and you can't actually you know bring your greatest talents out so there's a ton of gold gold nuggets and gold wisdom there so appreciate you sharing that yeah so and there's gonna- a reason why a lot of people say that they athletes especially is they're the best when they're just with their with their buddies at home and and competing and they never they're never thinking about anything other than the next thing in front of them because there's never that anxiety of making mistakes and that you're not afraid to make mistakes in front of a couple of buddies as opposed to these these large crowds and it's so it's easy to see uh but when when you're 18 years old and and you don't have that maturity it was definitely very difficult and hard on me yeah absolutely and it takes years and years to be able to reflect on that and say well what what can i get from that because it's hard. I mean, it takes a long time to grow up. I, I can, I can definitely say myself, like in my whole twenties, I mean, I went through this whole thing of like, I just felt like I had all this misinformation my whole life and it, I couldn't figure out why I was frustrated, you know? And so right. it comes from these type of experiences that take years to really kind of metastasize and, and marinate before you really truly develop them. But I think it's, 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 it's key for you to be able to kind of introspect and and look within and say, well, what, what did I experience? And what are some of these things that are maybe holding me back in different ways? You know, you could have decades of time to really not even realize that, you know, your, your failure on the hockey court or the hockey rink, uh, you know, caused you to, you know, act a certain way. Uh, and you're still acting a certain way based on how you were when you're 18 years old. It's, it's absolutely amazing. So absolutely got to be able to, you got to journal, you got to meditate, you got to talk to people, tell people about what's bothering you. You know, you have to dig in and find these things and get rid of them because if not, they're going to hold you back for the rest of your life. So it's huge. Agreed. 110% my friend. I love it. So what we're going to do here is we are going to transition into our rare air questionnaires, our rapid fire section. Re- reason why we call it the rare air questionnaire is because you're climbing Mount Everest. Most people gave up. I mean, we, we, we really just got started on this path, but you know, most people, you know, they can't breathe, their legs are tired and you know, they really had this great idea. They had this gigantic goal and they got there and I'm like, wow, it's kind of cold here. Uh, so, you know, what it's, it's a metaphor for what we're talking about with Elevate Nation. It's not easy to do what we're doing. It's not the quick fix. It's not, you know, shortcutting and getting rich quick. It's, we're talking about lasting results. And so what I want to, what, what I'd like to dive into is what's the most impactful book that you've ever read and why? Yeah. And I've, uh, on a different podcast, I ended up saying a different book, but you know, I, I came back to principles by Ray Dalio. I'm, I, have you had the opportunity to to read that one. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, and for those, for those listening that don't know about, uh, about principles, Ray Dalio is a, is a hedge fund billionaire. He started that started the hedge fund Bridgewater associates. And, and the main theme there 
is that finding the truth, of course, is the best way to make decisions and that ego, emotion, and blind spots, and they end up preventing you from discovering truth. So that's, that was the big takeaway that I had and the very specific steps to take uh, to be radically open-minded and, and things of that nature when you're making, making decisions and seeking to find the truth. So I've found that that's probably the, the absolute biggest impact that I've had uh, from a book in, in both my personal life and, and my business life as well. So it's not, it, it's a, it ends up being a catch-all. So I highly recommend Principles by uh, the Ray Dalio story. Yeah, I mean that's one that I'm gonna have to read like five times because it's so right. packed. I mean it is so every it's like what is it 500 pages and every single one of the pages is like you need to be taking notes, you need to be highlighting, you need to read it like five times. But um, one of the big things uh, my takeaway from that was that you've got to develop your own principles mm-hmm. and you've got to be able to say, well, what, what works and what doesn't work, what has created success and what's created failure within my own life, within my own business, within my own real estate portfolio, within my own relationships and make it comprehensive. And if you can do this, you know, some people say, well, man, that sounds robotic, you know, but if you can do this, you can remove yourself from overthinking about making certain decisions. At that point you can serve in your greatest capacity. You can bring your greatest talents to the world. So I'm with you on that. I love that book too. Love it. Uh, so what's the biggest way that you elevate your life on a daily basis? We talked a little bit about habits, but outside of, outside of some of the things that we've already talked about, what's the biggest way that you elevate your life on a daily basis? Yeah. And you know, I, I, I've already harped on this a little bit in our conversation today, but I, I cannot tell people how important it is to, to make sure that on a daily, daily basis, you're always surrounding yourself with folks that are doing more than you at a higher level. And, and like I said, I've, I've already talked about that, but it's my best, it's the best way that I elevate my life on a daily basis. It's the best habit that I have. Um, it's the one thing that stands out so far above and beyond what, what everything else that I've used to become successful. Um, and, and so it's the, it's the one thing that I always bring up. And I'm not somebody to recreate the wheel. Um, I don't, I, I'm not trying to find the next big idea. What I, what I want to do is there's plenty of proven ways to be successful uh, that people have already walked the path of. And if you can surround yourself with folks that have a very specific blueprint, uh, you can create that success for yourself, whether it's in business, whether it's in your personal life. Um, so that's the, that's the one that I'm, I'm always going to give when it comes to specific habits in your day-to-day life that are really going to actually elevate your success. So surrounding yourself with A players and making sure that you're consistently and you're, you're intentionally surrounding yourself with, with people who are causing you to become greater. How do you also elevate others around you at the same time? Yeah. And I, this is also something we've chatted a little bit about. And it comes down to see absolutely having a seek to serve mindset and, and really expecting nothing in return. And that's one way to elevate others. And then you won't believe uh, how often that actually comes around and, and helps you in a roundabout way as well. So seek to serve. That's one thing that I have found over the past couple of years that you know really, and, and having a true intention of seeking to serve and, and providing as much value as you possibly can, it always comes back uh, and helps you as well. So Yeah. And having no expectation of anything in return is the key to that as far as I'm concerned, because, you know, a lot of people can say, well, I'm seeking to serve, but they, they truly have that, you know, that, that ulterior motive or they're they're looking to accomplish something as a result of that relationship. And you know what, as corny as it sounds and as woo as it sounds, people can feel that energy if you are here to, to receive something back. So just deposit, deposit, deposit. 
And if there's ever a time to withdraw, I mean, you know, as long as it helps that other person, as long as it helps elevate their results as well, then maybe it's that time to, to consider that. But I'm 100% with you. And that's a, that's an amazing, um, that's an amazing distinction. So, so Dylan, we have, uh, we've, we've reached the, the end of our time together. It really, it, it's come so quickly, but how can Elevate Nation stay connected with you? Absolutely. Um, you can get a hold of me through, through my Instagram. Make sure to check out Dylan underscore McGow, D-I-L-L-O-N underscore M-C-G-O-U-G-H. Or they can just get a hold of me through email at Dylan, D-I-L-L-O-N McGow, M-C-G-O-U-G-H at gmail.com. Happy to answer any types of questions, whether that be personal growth, uh, real estate. Love getting the opportunity to talk to, to other folks that are that are trying to uh, to continually push themselves day in and day out. And I appreciate you having me on. And hopefully I, I provided some, uh, some value to some of your listeners today, Tyler. I have, I have no doubt about that. And, you know, it's such a good opportunity. And the reason why I ask you that question is how can people stay connected with you is because it's about like really the theme of our conversation today is about surrounding yourself with people who are going to help you elevate to the next level and continue to ride that ascension. And so um, you know, this is a great opportunity for Elevate Nation to reach out to Dylan and to build that relationship with him, you know, seek to seek to serve him in whatever way uh, without any expectation of anything in return. But, you know, the key to everything that we're talking about here today is to learn. You know, what, one of the things that, you know, we've talked about earlier is, uh, you know, before I got on the show is we were talking about education plus action equals results. And, you know, you've got to apply. You've got to you know, you've got to listen to this show again, you've got to take notes and find those gold nuggets, apply them immediately, because the only way to really, you know, learn and to really anchor in your understanding is to take action, take massive action. So, you know, also share this with a friend. I mean, take about this discussion and teach this to someone else, because that's another way for you to anchor in your own understanding, share this episode. Uh, But until next time, Dylan, thanks again. I really appreciate you being here. Hey, uh, the pleasure pleasure was all mine, my friend. I I really appreciated you having me and and look forward to reconnecting again real soon, Tyler. Absolutely, my friend. Well, have a wonderful day and we'll talk soon. See you, buddy. Thank you for listening to Elevate. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and pay it forward by sharing with a friend. Most importantly, take this opportunity to elevate your results by taking immediate action on what you learned. For more, visit tylerchesser.com.